glorious listeners and welcome to episode 53 of the incredible the fantastic podcast with me oh i'm ben and um it is great <laughs> to have you listening <laughs> welcome to the two peas ben how are you tonight i'm all right thanks mate good good now that you've uh, coached me on attempting to talk into the correct part of the microphone we're hoping for a definite improvement in sound quality but do let us know such a plunder <laughs> so as ever we will kick off with the hobby desk so they've been very very busy um lots getting done on the hobby desk so that's gonna be exciting into the grim darkness of the far future where we've had a few previews to chat about uh, and exactly the same in the mortal realms into the community plenty of shout outs obviously uh, owing to the current situation not so many events um, but still some great hobby going on online um, and then finally the wild middle earth lands uh, where we've combined <laughs> it together now uh, to talk about lots of other stuff and, and if you've been following our twitter at all um, instagram and facebook you'll know that there's an absolute plethora of uh, cool things to talk about so Without further ado, guys, grab some refreshments and we will see you on the Hobby Desk. Hi guys and welcome to episode 53's Hobby Desk. Um, been a kind of weird Hobby Desk at the moment. As everyone. Just covered in models, isn't it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, just like everybody else pretty much around the world is listening to this. Um, Dan and I have been, uh, in lockdown, but, uh, apart from when we go to work. So. I have to be honest. Not largely different than what my desire would be anyway. No. It's, it's just irritating <laughs> if you want to do something that you can't. Yeah. Yeah. But it has meant that we've got a lot of hobby done. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. So, um, where should we start? You have built a veritable arm, well, several armies, really, haven't you? Yeah, so my kind of plan to finish building at the end of March just kind of went out the window. And I just carried on going. <laughs> I think you it's got be- too excited. I think it's because, um, I am very much a creature of habit and repetition. Um, the problem is that if I get into a bad habit, then I'll continue that bad habit forevermore. Um, but it, it has positives. If I'm in the, in a kind of in a swing of building models, I can just keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. Um, yeah. it helps. How me. many have you built now? Um, I don't remember what the last thing I built for the last episode was. No, no, I can't remember either. But I put together, um, Basically, all of the um, Mortal Realms magazine stuff. Um, yeah. So that's well, I put together forty chain rasp horde. Um, Are you going to get movement trays for those guys? I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I think I'm thinking about it. Um, I've, I've done all the stormcasts. So probably have put together forty stormcasts made up of ten hunters, ten liberators, and ten secretors. Five secretors and five castigators. Um, the little ballista thing. I put together the Paladors, which are just, they are wonderful. They are, without a doubt, in my top 10 Games Workshop plastic kits, the Paladors. I think they oh, are. Oh, I know. You, uh, <laughs> you love them, don't you? Yeah. Really, really like them. 
Um, I've put together Star Drake. Um, yeah, I think that might be it. Lots, lot. Basically, the um, Vanguard Detachment. Do you remember that the box set? But I put that together. Um, plus Mortal Realms, plus a box box of Liberators. Um, I think it, I, th- I think it's good though because once I'm in the role painting, I find it really hard to go back and build. Mm. So. My idea was, well, my idea still is now, to finish putting together my sister's battle, um, put together Blackstone Fortress, because I want that together so I can play it, if nothing else. Yeah. And um, and then get my elves together. And the elves are causing me some consternation, really. Because I have a lot of them. There's no rules for a lot of them anymore in Age of Sigma, but you could use them as stand-in models. And I'm kind of arguing with myself if I want to do them on square bases and have them as like a. Ugh. I don't want to see nine. I was considering this the other day, and I thought back to one of our early earliest episodes when Age of Sigmar was first appearing. Yeah. Um, and I remember saying myself because I had a high elf army in Eighth Edition. And I made a very deliberate decision to stop that army and do something different for Age of Sigma because it's almost like a, a historic sort of reminder of the High Elves and the Old World. And rather than try and cling on to that, I was really keen just to, to leave that there looking awesome and then move on and do something new. Yeah. And I, I still think, as I said to you when we were chatting the other day, the High Elf project for you is about High Elves in the old world. Yeah. And and I just think, like, you know, I, I do get a bit et up over making sure everybody's got round bases when they should have round bases and all the rest of it. But a ranked up army on square bases... Painted in a in a scheme which ties it together, just looks beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, um, and and I think it's those glittering ranks of elves and spears and all the rest of it that you want. And when you're sat there looking in your cabinets, because to be honest, how many how many games are you planning to play with all this stuff? You know, well, the, the hope is. Um... I mean, this, that's an interesting question, because what's the point of having all this shit? Well, because it looks bloody awesome. Like, seriously, it, I like playing games, don't get me wrong, but the biggest hobby box that I could tip for me, because I'm collect, a collector yeah. of stuff, is a whole wall of glass cabinets, yeah. like the old Citadel Miniatures Hall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just full of all the things I loved. Yeah. And I would be quite happy to have my 8th edition High Elf Army sit on those shelves and just look flipping badass. And that would be enough yeah. for my Elf Army. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I, my idea was, and always has been, to... The reason why I paint the stuff that I don't collect. So, for example, the bad guys in a starter's kit. I don't. I never. I never collect them. I never have done. But, but I always try and get them assembled and painted if I can. 
is so that if someone came over, I, I could have almost like the the White Dwarf studio used to have. They have like all the White Dwarf armies on the shelf, and they would, go, they would go and get them and play with them, so that I could sort of have them on the shelf and they could play with them. Um, and that's becoming, I suppose, more and more of a reality now. With the for the first time ever, I'll have a, a gaming table in my, in my house soon, um, which which would be fantastic. Um, and allow me to do that, but I do see what you say with the high elves. But I, th- I think realistically, I've sort of come to a decision that I'm probably going to do some some one way and some another. Yeah, but I think you should. I I was just thinking it in my head. I think what you should do is collect the army. I would have wanted that your, is your dream army in your mind that you would have wanted, as you say yeah. on squares. And then anything else... Put on rounds. Put on the rounds. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Because, I mean, it's worth it's worth saying that for about five years, when I was um, when I was a junior doctor and I wasn't doing much hobby, I did do some things. And one of the things that I absolutely loved were the, were the pictures of the big blocks of high-elf spearmen that came out around the time of Island of Blood. And I was like, I've got to have that. But you couldn't buy the um, the Loth and Seaguard separately. You had you had to buy them sort of via eBay, as it were. So mm. two two things happened. Number one, PayPal kind of came became a thing, and number two, it was allowed to be attached automatically to eBay. And <laughs> and number three, I got I got eBay on my phone, so I yeah. would just sit there and like a five minute break and go oh. That's ten Loth and Seaguard for five quid. Bonk, bought, and that that happened far more often than I would care to imagine. And then you gave yes. me another fifty, so I've now got a hundred and fifty Loth and Seaguard. So I could, I could do all right with just doing three units of thirty, and that would look massive, um, and and still have sixty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, for Age of Sigma, because I quite like to use them as something like. Um... Well, to be honest, it's quite easy to create a setting where they would fit in Age of Sigma because there's gonna be, there's cities of all yeah types and. Um, and my intention and was like. to use them for in the, as a cities of Sigma unit, mm. um, like the Eternal Guard or something like that. I think they would do. Yeah. I think they'd look really good as Eternal Guard. Um, yeah, yeah, they would, and. Um, and I was I, one of the things I have done painting wise is I've been while I've been sat messing around putting models I've, I've been coming up with um, quicker ways to do s- some of the things I'm going to need to do lots of if that makes any sense yeah so yeah there's there's two projects that I know if I broke the back of I would be absolutely ec- ecstatic and the first one was elves and the second one was space wolves and I've never really managed to get. A fast way of doing space walls completely sorted. So, Darren Nathan did a fantastic video on um, painting a space wolf in half an hour, um, and I don't know whether he's he's just he's got some kind of magical ability to use contrast paint that I don't. I'm pretty sure it's to do with brush control, but the way he <laughs> did his in one coat, I I was just unable to replicate um, myself. However, I thinned it or messed around with it. But what I did come up with. Was if I if I put the contrast paint over 
Halfords Grey, and then quickly highlighted it up in a sort of light directional way, and then did a very and this is predominantly for the Astartes, not for the Primaris. Um, then it only took me probably ten minutes to do a suit of power armor, which I'm really happy with because that's the bulk yeah. that's the bulk of it done. Um, because I'd be aiming to do sort of ten in a week if I yeah. could. Um, because I've got about a company's worth of them to do, and if I got them done, I'd be I'd be absolutely over the moon because that would be you know that would be a, a big chunk of my hobby done. Because there's a lot of things in my bits box which are just there because I'm completely incapable of throwing them away, yeah. <laughs> and that's the only reason yeah. they're there. I don't look at them and go, oh, I really must do my um, Eldar army. It's a really good example. I've got an, I've got a massive collection of Eldar that have come in. Other other boxes, you yeah, know, like the Harlequins yeah. from the um, Death Watch box, and um, my brother picked up a few boxes before he moved to Glasgow and and gave them to me. So I've just got I've got a huge box of Eldar, but I don't look at the box of Eldar and go, "Oh, I really must paint all that Eldar." I look at the box of Eldar and go, "One day, if the whim takes me, if the whimsy sort of <laughs> comes across, I'll have a box of Eldar to paint." But I, I look at my box of space wolves and I look at my box of elves and I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, because um, they're in my head all the time um, because those were the two armies that I first collected. And it, it really grates me that I don't have an elf army. It really gets under my skin. So the second thing I did was um, was the elf. I'm gonna, I think I've got it. Sorry, it's hidden behind my so I can look at it. Um some people might remember the fantastic piece of art where the elves are on the left fighting the goblins on the right and the elves are very light and the goblins are very dark. Um, And I wanted a very quick way of doing that and I think I found it. I spent, I've got about four Loth and Seaguards sat here that didn't make it past (laughs) the cut. But um, (laughs) this one I'm really happy with and it basically uses just three colours which is um, Thalassar blue, um, snake bite leather, a lovely color, and um, sepia. Yeah, um, a few others like Gilliman flesh for for the skin, and then using Corax white and white to to highlight the white areas to go back over the white areas. Yeah, mostly washes, heavy use of contrast, using build up of the browns and the blues to to get the shading. Um, Mate, I reckon I could do a unit of those in hours, not not weeks. Yeah. Like a proper unit of yeah. thirty, I reckon I could do. And yeah, okay. If you if you zoom in on the picture and if you look really heavily at it, it this doesn't look good. I'm not, I'm not saying it does, but when you put it the other side of the painting table and it catches my eye, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got thirty of those, they're going to look amazing. So I'm very happy with that. Summon the legions. Yeah, and, and to be honest, they're probably going to my, be my first project once I've finished my um, um, Oryx. I've got a few few highlights to do on the Oryx, and then they're done. Um, and then I will do probably the two or three units of 30 of those just to get them done and form, yeah. form the backbone. Um, it will probably take me without a word of a lie, more time to clean them up than it would take to paint them because they are just <laughs> yes. buggers to clean up. Um, but yeah, 
so that's been my hobby. Um, lots of fiddling, um, but mainly putting together. And I, uh, Ross is, and Marcus have been joking that I've been a little bit of a hobby butterfly, but it doesn't feel like I am. I'm on, well, no, I'm because on you've one, got what? all your projects and you're working through them. I'm just assembling them all. And assembly is my current project, regardless of what it is I'm putting together. It's all grey plastic in the end. Mm. Yeah, it's been good to see you getting so many things put together. Um, it, so me, then, um, I have been probably more prolific in my painting. I've got a stand corrected. I've been completely proven wrong. In the last couple of uh, of months than I think I've ever been. Yeah. Um, it basically, I, I talked about this in episode 52, but it started when I went to Warhammer World in uh, January, um, twice. And then I I came home. Basically, it was so funny. I, I know I've said this already, but it's typical me. I went all the way through like the first, I went up there thinking, right, I'm going to, I'm going to do a new, new army, new army. Got into the exhibition, first room, new army. Mm, I like all this Age of Sigma stuff. Yeah, definitely doing a new army. Into the second room where all the uh, heresy and 40k stuff is. Oh, yeah, look at these. Look at these space movies. Oh, I've got to do, got to do new army. Into the third room with the massive corn display. No, I'm doing my corn. That's <laughs> fine. I'm sticking with it. Uh, and then I promptly bought some Terminators, um, came home, got the Lamb Raider finished, which was just a massive thing for me. Um, did the 46 cultists that we spoke about. And I think in the last episode, I was just kicking off on the demon horde um so i i finished them i don't think so, i don't think you were to be honest i think you was i not was i still doing the cultists? i think you were just finishing off the cultists but yes yeah it was around them wasn't yeah. it? so um so i painted um so that the demon batch was 30 blood letters a blood master skull taker five flesh hounds karanak and a bloodthirster um did all of that in one big batch um and actually, you know, I had a couple of moments. Uh, everyone has a couple of moments for the batch. Everyone that has moments. <laughs> um, but I, I, and a couple of bits where I was like, oh, what? you know, I, I almost started to worry that I wasn't quite doing like the bloodthirster justice. Yeah. Um, but I managed to hold a couple of highlights together and stuff. And actually, he's come out and he looks Bob on next to my other one. I'm really, really pleased with him. Little bit overdid it on the blood on the axe, but no. hey, it's corn. Can't overdo no, blood yeah, but on it, the corn axe. <laughs> I think there's the, it's trying to make it look a little bit natural rather than just there, and that's where I went a little bit awry. But it, it's fine; it, it, it's not a big issue. Um, but what was great about that? That was nearly that. That was nearly one thousand points in a single batch. Yeah. Um, admittedly, you know, it's, that's going to be the case when you've got four characters in a batch. Um. But it finished pretty much all the demons that I owned. Certainly everything that was put together. Um, I think I've got like three blood crushers somewhere. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that's all the demons that I owned. So that was just, just fantastic feeling when I finished them off. I was so happy. Um, and then you thought, it, do you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to paint some Caradron Overlords that I bought. Yeah, I'm going to have a break. I'm going to have a break from that yeah. and, and and paint some Caradron. And then I opened the case, <laughs> and in the case were um, ten Blood Reavers. So I thought, well, I might as well, I might as well paint those because um, they're a fair way along. And then 
around them were like there was a, a Korgoroth and Valkyr the bloody and I was like well yeah I can just knock them out four blood warriors yeah oh yeah they better get done a slaughter priest a spawn oh them as well um exalted <laughs> exalted Deathbringer with impaling spear oh yeah mighty lord of corn Ben's been going on about that one better finish him um five wrathmongers and five skull creepers and I was like oh wow <laughs> seeing as I'm doing all this I might as well just 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 do all of this in one big go and then all I'll have left to paint is like 50 blood reavers at another time um so yeah that's the current batch so the current batch is uh is all of that um and you're a long way along uh, with them yeah so well so they were at different stages mm. so the blood reavers the 10 blood reavers with meat refraxes were already base coated with a wash and then all the rest went in diff- varying stages down to a point of not even undercoated. Yeah. Um, so what I've done initially is bring them all up to the same level. So they're all washed, base coat and washed. That's done now. And I'm working through the um, the skulls and bone at the moment. As soon as I finished the wash, I found it really um, inspiring to go in and do all the dry brush and paint work on the base because after that point, there's nothing that's so messy in my scheme that's going to get onto that base. Mm. Um, and actually, when you then look at it, you look like you're really close to finish. Yeah. I think that's it makes a, a massive difference. Really cool thing that you do, actually, because, and um, you know, f- from your perspective, you won't play with an unpainted model. So you get them to that stage and base them, you, you could use them. Yeah, yeah, I really, oh, I really oh, do pinch. try, try hard not to, um, not to play with unpainted stuff. More, more person as a personal sort of motivation thing. Yeah. Um, to get them done. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at at the moment. And, and I'm really, I am generally enjoying it. Um, what's been quite good is we've been using Zoom, um, yeah. to basically every night when we're hobbying chat mm. um and that's really helpful especially you said it to me early on but you're just getting the swing of it and you're just doing the same bit this batch is a little bit more challenging because um there's quite a lot of variety yeah yeah it's a lot, um, a lot of different stuff isn't there and and i i just imagine it was quite hard bringing them all up to the same level yeah 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 it was before you could um, get into a groove of things yeah that's right so but you know it it's pretty exciting. Um, when it's done, it puts my Age of Sigmar corn collection at about 6,000 points, which <laughs> is really, really cool. Um, and but trying uh, to listen to him make excuses as to why 6,000 doesn't make sense and it has to either be 8 or 10,000 is, is, well, yeah. is quite a thing to behold. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's true. So, um, it, one of the things that I'm often a little bit embarrassed by i suppose is that as somebody that's been in the hobby for 20 years my actual painted model collections are quite small Mm. um especially when you then consider how much stuff i've spent money on over the years and then ultimately sold or whatever i've done with it um so it's really really nice being known for being a corn player as well to be getting somewhere with that um like you know with the demons my 40k army is now just over 300 power so the cutoff, you know, that's the sort of starting power for Apocalypse. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and it's not just big stuff. You know, there's a big block of cultists in there. 
there's some big blocks of blood letters in there. Because you're in your mind, your your apocalypse army is that big table from the Warhammer World display. That's what you're. Yeah, that's yeah, what you're yeah. aiming for. And I love it. And every time I go there, there's something else on there that inspires me. And this is one of the things. Like, I know we joke and laugh about chaos, and people will say sometimes, you know, Corn is very linear and he's the simplest of the gods and all that. But there's still so much variety and so much you could do. I mean, I could, I could, as I have seemingly done uh, and continue to work, I could collect Corn forever and a day. There's still units that I don't own. You know, I'd love to convert up some warp talons and um, uh, raptors to look more sort of um, world eatery. I'd love to do some obliterators in world eater style. I'd love to do some bikers in that style. I don't have any skull um, skull crushers. Is it skull crushers? Yeah, skull crushers from AOS. I still only have two bloodthirsters. I don't have all the three different types and scar brands. Eight. Or the Forge World one. Yeah, you need eight. Um, which I knew you were going to say. So there's just so much flavour to put in. Yeah. And I really love that about them. So, but after this batch, we'll see. Oh, you know <laughs> it's going to happen. Just I know. See it. But just the thing is, I'm quite on. excited. I'm excited by 53 Bloodlet Blood Reavers because I'm like, Actually, going from the batch I'm doing now, which is quite varying in what's in there, um, to something where the models are going to be fairly similar. Yeah. And I've got a quicker way of doing because of the advent of like contrast paints. Mm. You know, I think the key for me is that if you do do the prominent bits in sort of contrast with a, with an edge or con or, or traditionally. So, for example, on the Blood Reavers, I tend to do the metals traditionally. So, lead belcher, a wash, a really tight edge highlight and some blood effects, which looks quite cool. Um, the metals as well with the edge highlight looks quite cool. And the skin, which again, I use contrast, but then I put a couple of highlights on. Yeah. All the other stuff, like the straps, the trousers, the boots, you can just put the contrast on. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, boot, black boots. You can just put a flat black on. If you want to go in and highlight the boots, good for you. But by the time I've dry brushed my bases, slapped snow on, blood, tufts, all the rest of it, you can't see the bloody boots. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it depends. Obviously, it's each to their own, but I think it's finding the the level you're going to... Well, we always talk about this, but the level you're going to be happy at, and I think that's where for me contrast really helps because like yeah. doing like I said the straps and I could go on about it for ages but um and often do. But you've got to have an idea in your mind when you approach something like fifty cultists or fifty reavers. Do I want these all to look like the heavy metal boxer? But if if you do and you can tolerate painting fifty of them like that and you've got hundreds and hundreds of hours set aside to do it. Yeah. Great. But if if your goal is to get those bulks onto the table and looking good or looking at a standard that you're happy with, you've got to have a you've got to have it in your mind what you want to achieve and, and sort of in some ways what you're happy not to achieve. Yeah. And um another thing that the the batch painting's done is it's brought on a certain madness now where I'm like 
So we've spoken about it, but I think, I don't know if I've done, I've decided this by the last time we spoke, but I'm gradually collecting a, a, a bit, a few Caradron overlords. Um, and. Yeah, you're just going to paint the whole army in one go. <laughs> yeah, so I've got this idea now to batch paint the entire army. Um, so my time worn ruins turned up today from Curtain, and they, they are basically a large model basing kit for Age of Sigmar. Mm, yeah. They're really, really good. Yeah. Um, some, I saw someone and I should have written a name down to credit them, but somebody online had based like a, a gun hauler or something and it was flying over a piece of the ruin. And I was like, that is a blinding idea. Yeah. So, um, I'll still stay with like a snow scheme and stuff to tie things together, but, but those, and then what I really want to do is then get the Sigmarite flipping storm, whatever they're called. Ruins. What are those? Storm vaults, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Get them and do them in the same scheme. Yeah. And and suddenly, you know, the dream starts to come together. So I still need to get a couple of bits. I, I need an ironclad, but I can't really. The dishwasher's decided it's had a flip enough. So unfortunately, an ironclad, whilst it looks beautiful, does bugger all for cleaning your dishes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm uh, going to have to probably invest in that instead. But yeah, it's been. Yeah, I'm really grateful actually to like having you on the end of the thing chatting and stuff because it's just been fantastic. Yeah. It's been, it's so good. I mean, you know, last, was it last year? We both struggled last year. Last year, year, I painted about 86 models last year. Yeah, we both struggled last year and I'm not really sure why. It was something in the water, I think. Maybe, yeah. There's a lot going on. I mean, Hannah was born from my point of view. You moved house. Mm. Um, so, but I've painted more models this year already. Yeah, mm. than I painted last year, and I think by the time I've done this batch, it'll be it's about 119 models by the time I finish this batch. Um, and then you know I'm gonna I'm gonna crack in. Well, it seems very likely I'm gonna crack into the Blood Reavers. Yeah. Um, and you know then you're in I, the sort do, of do you, want my, do you want my honest opinion? Yeah. You should do the Blood Reavers. Because that puts you in the in a position that you've never been in before with Age of Sigma, which is almost the liberty to do whatever you wanted next. So that when you work, walk into a games workshop and you're looking at the corn shelf or the Caradron Overlord shelf, you will know that what you take off the shelf and go home with is what you're going to paint next. I think the risk there, and, and you are correct, and I am quite excited by that, but the risk is that I go in and go, right, so in the last three months, I painted 180 models. <laughs> you just clear the show, so... <laughs> like Dale Winton's Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, yeah it'd be like that, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, but, yeah, I really want to try and hold on to the buzz for the Caradron, because, and, and I've decided to take a Dan Wosley approach to the Caradron, so I'm, I'm actually... Um, Right in the list, talking then. to him quite a lot and trying to come up with a list. Yeah, and and it's a bit like the old still mania that we've spoken about before, where he he proposes this idea of you write your list, you name all your characters, you paint it up, you put on about fifty seven coats of gloss varnish, and you laminate the army list, and you laminate the army list. That's right, and, it never and then changes. you just play over and over again, and it never changes. And if now, if you lose, was, it's because they know what you've brought, and if you win, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, with the way the meta changes and stuff, 
hey ho. But but I'm 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 sure I'll find this impossible. But my my goal is to go right. There's a two thousand point Caradon army. Paint it up in you know it plays very differently. So I've got something else because I, I have got my storm cast. Yes, um, but I, I think it'll be cool to have something quite different. Um, mm. and enjoy doing some different things on there because uh, there's still loads of porn I want to get. This is plenty of time. Um, so yeah, there's there's quite a lot there's quite a lot for me to talk about there. And then I suppose finally, conscious that uh, as ever, the hobby desk is always the longest section because it's so exciting. But something else that I've been reading a lot more about and I'm trying to take on board is um, brush care. Because you so, knacker like twenty yeah, quid brushes, brushes in a, in a week, and I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And and now I've decided, and I've realised, and that after I'd happily posted a picture of my wonderful brush collection, uh, looking very sorry for themselves, that I keep cleaning my brushes and then putting them point up, and then. You know, what, now that I've been told, but what about like water and shit flowing down inside? I'm like, that is really flipping obvious. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, so that's an interesting one. Um, I don't even know where I got it from. The idea of story. I've just always done it, always. And then yeah. uh, another one was, and I know I don't think you do this, but another one bit of advice I saw was to have separate brush don't use your best brushes for metallics no i'm a bugger for that and yeah i yes you should definitely do that because the little what metallic is made up of is some form of shiny reflective powder mixed in with the paint and i think it's normally ground aluminium Mm. so aluminium filings um which anyone who's ever painted will you can see them floating in your water well, they go down into your ferrule, and, and like I said, it only takes one micron split, and then you can fit two microns in, and then three microns, and you know, before you know it, you've got an actual particle in there, like a proper particle of crap that splits your brush hairs. I'm really bad for that. I'm all I, I just, I just use a brush until it dies. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those. Part of it for me is about taking away another frustration because it is frustrating when you've got your brush, you go to the model and it goes, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't want to go where you want to go. And it's, you know, it's not the brush. It, it, I haven't looked at them properly. So that's another one. And then something else I thought I'm going to try is um, having a, a small piece of sponge at the bottom of your water pot so that like when you're rinsing your brush, or cleaning your brush, rather than like cleaning it against the bottom of the pot, cleaning it, getting like some of the crud off with that sponge yeah. bit at the bottom of the pot. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I've got the master's brush cleaner, so that's fine. That's not a problem. Um, I've I've basically my some of my favourite brushes that I use quite a lot. I've got the old heavy metal. Oh yeah. Um, large brush, which is like a size two slash three brush, and it. it I just love it. I, I the really... old brown handle one that came in the wooden tub. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I that, love that and the set. detail brush, and that's mainly what I use. And so I've I've put them in the Windsor and Newton brush cleaner overnight, as it's as it advises, and um, they've come out and they're quite nice. So they're stored 
point down in their little plastic nobles things. I killed mine. Mine are dead. My brown yeah. ones are dead. Very. This is very and, sad. And I've been looking up brushes, and I'm thinking. I mean, I've got loads of brushes, and and looking after them is going to be the key thing, obviously. And I do love Windsor and Newham, um, but I've had probably because of the way I've treated them in hindsight. But I've had a couple of issues, uh, and I'm thinking of trying the uh, is it Raf- Raphael eight eight four zero fours. Yeah. Um. Now, at the moment, probably owing to the current um, crisis. Uh, they are, I just can't find them anywhere. They're out of stock. Mm. Um, but I'm going to get probably a size two because I think size two is, is my, is where I'm at with my brushes. I just love a size two brush. Yeah. Um, it holds a good amount of paint. You can still get a really nice point. Um, I do a lot of my so, work with size two. I, I very yeah. rarely go lower than a size one unless I'm character painting. Yeah. So. Yeah, a little bit on brush care, really, there, right at the end. But it's not because it's not because I've suddenly decided overnight that I want to push my painting to be a competition painter. It's just that it, I want what I am doing to be as tidy as it can be. Mm. And I don't want to be fighting my brushes when I'm trying to do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, because actually, I need it, in order to paint big batches at a reasonable pace, you've got to be efficient. You don't want to be faffing with your brush because it's splitting or... Something. Well, that's it, and you, you don't want to be redoing stuff no. because you've missed, or you know, you, you want to, you want to use as fewer brush strokes as possible because that keeps your speed up. Yeah, that's a Tommy Saulism right there. Yeah, I was going to say that's so you've got that. Off, you, I remember you saying that to me from Tommy. So, yeah. so yeah, some. To be honest, it's almost like a strange role reversal. You've been putting together models from all sorts of different things and getting excited, whereas I've been focused painting batches and I'm now talking about brush care. Yeah, it's all right. When I do my batch of, of uh, 90 high off spearmen, I'll, I'll feel like I can reclaim my mantle. <laughs> I know. Well, that's it. I'm just, I'm, I'm basically, it's a little bit like you're in the pub and I've started running the race quick just to try and get a head start. And then uh, any minute now, you're just going to be like, right, get on your scooter and chase me down the road. It's it's a good job you said scooter, because any thought of me running down the street after someone and catching them is is, is a myth. (laughs) It would be like a comedy sketch, you and I, doing a a run in. Every now and then, it's just like stop and have a Diet Coke. And (laughs) carry on. Stop stop and have a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. So, yeah. Um, guys, that's a, a quite a, an extensive hobby desk, um, but we hope you've enjoyed it uh, and got something out of it as well. As ever, we love to hear what you guys are up to, and periodically, Ben, and very periodically, I never. will post pictures. That is not true. That is not tr- Never is too strong. Too strong. So, highly sometimes, highly infrequently, with, with the same consistency we'll, as the eclipse, yeah. Yeah, but but <laughs> but if you can't be bothered to wait for me to ask, um, please do post pictures of what you're working on, especially over in the hobby group, uh, the, on Facebook because we love or or Instagram and tag us um at the Two Peas Podcast because we love seeing it. It's really inspiring. Yeah, it, um, it, yeah, it keeps us going actually. Yeah, it really does. So um, yeah, without further ado, then 
Thank you for getting through this section. Definitely go grab some form of caffeine. Um, and we will see you in the grim darkness of the far few seconds time. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Welcome, listeners, to the grim depths and darkness of about 10 to midnight, where we bring you all the exciting up-to-date news and full breakdown of effectiveness of the new 40k units. Or we just have a chat and try and stay awake. Um, <laughs> okay, Ben, so um, some exciting bits and bobs. Let's kick off. Let's kick off with Storyforge, because... That is exciting. So it is exciting, isn't it? I, I mean, I think on the sort of tail of Storyforge, Astartes man finished its run. Astartes is a uh, independent uh, fan-made mini series about Astartes, and it's been it's been superb. Mm. And it finished on an absolute belter. Apart from it's not finished. And I hate it when little short stories do that. <laughs> like, hmm, it's finished, but it's not finished. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, that is an incredible piece of animation. And all the years I've been watching 40k stuff, like, we're talking right the way back from when they, like, Final Liberation, the computer game, and the, the you know, the animation in between that, and that really dodgy Space Wolf Terminator <laughs> cosplay animate, you know, all of them. It's the best I've ever seen a start is depicted on a screen. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame for Games Workshop, really, because they've got some uh, elevator shoes to follow now. Yeah, but... But, but, what they sneak peeked over the last couple of previews, that's been pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's been nice for me now is to see all the different forms they're going to be going for. Um, yeah. The different styles. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not just going to do one, are they? No. No, they're not. Um, they've really gone for a breadth. Of... I think they've already shown three. Um, the sort of manga style of the first one of, of um, Hammer and Bolter. Yeah. And then... Um, Almost like a Sin City one. Is one is like a Sin it? City so... one, which is the one most people are comparing Astartes to <coughs> at the moment. Um, yeah. And then the last one... Is at the hyper is the hyper real, which is the one I'm really excited about. Yeah, the photo they've done of the rendered Sisters of Battle face is is just it's just incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. If the whole thing is done like that, oh, sends tingles down your spine. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see it. No. I can't wait to see like proper full blown films and series and. Well, it's. I really hope to gain traction. It's so exciting to think, like, just the same way as I could go down now and pop on, like, Transformers. I could go down mm. and pop on a bit of 40k. You know? I'll yeah. be like, I'll yeah. be like, Joshua, Joshua, Peppa Pig or Death and Blood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're like, quick, mummy's coming, quick, quick. Oh, oh, Peppa. Hello, Peppa. Uh, Daddy Pig here, and it goes out of the room. 
What the? What, what happened? No, it's Peppa Pig. You know, Daddy Pig just spontaneously combusted. <laughs> it, it happens. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. That's exciting. Story Forge stuff. Um, yeah. Let's uh, talk about some heresy, and it truly yeah. is heresy. It's the worst kind of heresy. It's the worst kind of heresy. So. Let's start with the word bearers. Oh. Everybody's favourites. I'm so broken by these. They are too nice. So they are so nice, really and good, yet they? they're word bearers. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand word bearers. Word bearers are just horrific, aren't they? But yeah. These are lovely. Really, really like them. So, um, basically, just a couple of praetors. Um, but to say that is to is not really to do them justice. So, I think it's fair to say, unfortunately, around the time of the Space Wolves, uh, and for a little while there, it felt like Forge World weren't really hitting the mark. Um, understandably, no. perhaps, um, for what was going on at the time. But that is with the Dark Angels, and now with these guys, that is is totally changed. Uh, these word bearers, you look at them, and straight away they are word bearers. Um, really yeah. clearly, really nice models, really crisp gulps, interesting poses, cool looking fire. I did point out that because um, because the guy's got candles on his shoulder, it means I can use him on my corridor gang. <laughs> um, so you get the get the word bearers Terminator Praetor into Necromunda. Uh, I think that's the exact opposite of what the word the uh, corridor is supposed to be about. Nah, though. they'd be fine with it. They'd be fine with it. <laughs> I'm sure. Give him a give give him a rag and uh, and a stick, and he'd be fine. So yeah, they're I really like them. Yeah, they're really nice, aren't they? I think. One of the cool things about word bearers is, in my head, they epitomise chaos. Mm. They're, they're just so broken and depraved. And, well, they're, they're kind of the evangelists of chaos, aren't they? So, if you really wanted to do a chaos army that was that, you know, well over, it, for me, it would always be word bearers. Well, yeah. And they, I, I guess, they, like, outright chose choose to worship the chaos gods and like yeah um the others as just kind of fell yeah into whereas it. a lot of them just fall into it um you know so yeah that definitely that um so let's talk about everyone's favorite primark no let's, let's stay on the chaos theme and oh no i suppose we're on the 30k theme yeah let's talk about everyone's favorite primark yeah Russ is awesome, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Yeah, um, he so is. the lion. So we've seen the lion now. So I think that leaves us with just the Khan left um, to come out. Yeah. So I... I'm really hoping that the Khan is on, like, a massive bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, his rules allow him to be on a massive bike. So the lion. It's amazing. It is. I love it. It really My is. favourite is when he's got the lion sword... I think it's called and the, and the helmet. I think it's nice to have them with options, and I think mm. I wish they'd made that decision really early on. So I wish we'd had all the Primarchs with a helmeted option, 
and I wish we'd had all the Primarchs with various weapons options, because there's a couple of weapons, for example, that we know Russ had, including the very famous Spear of Russ, that he's not equipped with, and there's no there's no component for. I think he should um, have also come with a drinking flagon option. That would have been great. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they'll go back and do, like, upgrade kits or alternative kits, I don't know. We'll add them into the kits later on, but... yeah. I um, yeah. I love the line. I love the sort of realism. I suppose I think they really capture the way in Heresy everything has got that that slightly more real look. Even the way it's painted tend to see yeah. that, and like even things like the wings on the helmet, they're not like absurd and over exaggerated. Yeah. They're they're they're. Oh, he is superb. And I don't even think that the picture that they used on the preview is his best golden angle. I've seen him at, at other angles where he he looks even better. And he, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, coming on the back of the range as well. Yeah, yeah. They've done such a good job. I um, I, I still don't like it. No, no. I mean, it is <laughs> it sorry. is a sh- it is a shame that he is a totally arrogant. Um, and and he's. There's only I've read one story where I feel that he comes across well, and other than that, I'm just like, mm. if yeah. if you yeah. could have that aesthetic, that knightly aesthetic, with um, Vulcan and the Salamanders like humanity, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. But then that wouldn't be 40k enough. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. You couldn't have that because that would be, that would just be too perfect, perfect. wouldn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Um, you got to have a flaw, but yeah, absolutely incredible model, absolutely wonderful. So that's very exciting. Um, so you on to forty k actual? Yeah. They've they've almost racked up the next three psychic awakening books now, haven't they? So we've got. Pariah. Um, we've got the um, Spider. Mm-hmm. And we have the Mechanicum one. Yeah, so War of the Spider, um, Pariah, as you say, and Engine War, which is going to be yeah. the Mechanicum one. So I think. And that sounds like it's it, because they're already. They're already releasing the other factions as White Dwarf articles. Yeah, it's interesting so. that with so many books that they've not. You know made space for them not to be in White Dwarf. But then White Dwarf is trying to be a, a place where you find rules and all sorts. So it's, yeah, it's a complete I think package, it, isn't it? It might well be more to do with the models. Mm. As, as in everybody else, every book has come out with a range of models, even if it's just two characters. Yeah. And maybe they, maybe they didn't have the you know production capacity to make... You know, one for the Deathwing and um, the Death Watch, and one for the Harlequins, which is a shame. But I think if they'd have released the book without models, it would have been more disappointing mm. than than to release it in the White Dwarf. But talking of models for the for Pariah, we now have some some models to look at, and for the War of the Spider, we do. So should we start with the War of the Spider with Fabius Bile? Yeah, where we've. 
spoken before about how difficult it must be to bring um, a, a sort of iconic model into the new age. Um, and I can't think of one where they have been so faithful to the original. This one is as if they've got the original and just gone, okay, we actually can't make that any better, you know, pose-wise. The way he, you know, the way he's walking forward, um, kind of expression on his face, all of those kind of things. Let's just re-sculpt it better with our better technology and our better, you know. And they have; <laughs> they've done a really fantastic job it's, of it. It's just such a good model, and it's it's nice to hear. I, I think I might have. I don't think I'm wrong in this, but I think when they were talking in the preview that Jess Goodwin had a lot to do with mm. it, overseeing the project as well. So. If if not to just tick the box and say yeah that's that's cool so I, I think they've done a fantastic job with him they have and we have to recognise the incredible painting where they've managed to paint yeah. the bubbles in the syringes and stuff like that it's yeah. just oh mate it, yeah I just looking at him now and he's just awesome and I really like his little helper that's like taking the Prenogenoid gland out um, because yeah, yeah. that harkens back to the artwork. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is which is ace. I really like that. What's fairly brutal is the little helper looks like it's an Exostartes. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's got the um, black carapace connectors on him. Yeah. So there's more rules for a new Chaos Space Marine subfaction. Uh, Death Company stuff in there. Um, Officio Assassinorum stuff and Talons of the Emperor. So, yeah, lots of stuff in there. I've, I've kind of lost track a little bit. So, that's the eighth book. So, number six it was Saga of the Beast, which is sort of out for the people that managed to get it before everything shut. Um, and then... Yeah. Because I need that one. And then seven, then, must be Engine War. Yeah, but we've heard nothing more about Engine no, War. No, but we did hear, like, we, we were told all of that stuff that was previewed for the Mechanicum is coming in Engine War. So yeah. that's going to be the biggest one for models so far. Easily. And then then you've, I think you've probably got the Spider next, and then Pariah. Yeah, the Spider and then Pariah, so nine. So Pariah has also got some pretty astonishing models on oh. it. Um, so they've basically reimagined. Well, which it, it wasn't entirely clear, but I think they would. I think that they these two models are supposed to be part of the Pariah book. Um, Demonifuge models from the um, the comic book graphic novel Demonifuge. Um, so the Harlequin and the Sister of Battle, and considering they've just done a massive range of Sisters of Battle, it's pretty hard to bring in another one that is just immediately eye-catching, different and awesome, And but they've done it. Mm. She's fantastic. Yeah, so... So full of energy. It, it is... These are, these guys are connected with the book, um, Pariah, and... But they're also re-releasing Demonifuge, Demonifuge. in an updated 20th yeah. anniversary edition. That is totally going on. That is being bought. And they think they've colorized it as yeah. well. Um, they have. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, that's I'm buying that too because I I enjoyed reading that when I was 
Well, God, that must be 20 years ago now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? It's great stuff. Great stuff to see. It is a bit disappointing that um, it's not anything to do with Games Workshop, but we're now in a state now where, in a bizarre kind of way, we're almost up against the floodgates in the sense that we now know the next three Psychic Awakening books and the models that come with them, and we're not going to see them for months. No, no, indeed. But but also, I think they hearken to this a bit, because we were discussing, weren't we, around the previews, um, mm. and how there seemed to be less stuff in them than maybe was implied originally. Uh, but what they've done is they've spread them out, and I think... Yeah. I, I think we can inevitably. Um, I would imagine we will see at some point a slowdown, a slight dip. Because yes, okay, they can work from home to a degree and sculpt at home and stuff, but you're not going to have the same productivity. I don't think, as you would have in work, where you've got people no. around you and stuff. Then you've got the production, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Um, the impact of this shutdown is going to be felt for a while. That being said, probably not a bad thing. <laughs> for, from a well, I, sh- I should imagine what will end up happening is this new factory that they're planning to open will spend the first months of, his, of its existence catching up with all the all the lost stock from these months. Yeah, because I mean we're off topic on forty k now, but. Um, but it's going to take them a fair while to restock all the independent stockists, let alone their own shops. Oh, yeah. Um, I suppose their own shops aren't going to need anywhere near as much restocking, actually. No, because cool, they would have shut fully stocked yeah. and then opened fully stocked, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's some cracking models in that, just in that little list. Um, and we're only halfway through the Adepticon previews. Yeah. Um, and the UK Games Expo is also coming up. Yeah, that's been... Um... That might be different, though, because that's been postponed as opposed to cancelled. So that's now due to take place sometime in August. Oh, that's quite that's quite cool that they've managed to secure a venue. I should imagine there's plenty of people trying to rebook. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, but yeah, so they might move that pre, pre-view, which would be good. Just having a look so I don't just talk out load of rubbish. Yeah, tw- 21st to the 23rd of August. UK Games Expo. Mm. Now, so they might not. They might just do the previews then. There, yeah. But there is another one coming this weekend. So you, yep. you guys, will be listening to this. Uh, hopefully on the Wednesday. Should be out Wednesday. Um, so uh, on the Saturday, the eighteenth, there's another preview. Um, so hoping to get away from work to jump on and try and enjoy that. The last one was fine until Joshua literally fell over on the path outside the house, walking away from it to go for a walk, and then it all went a bit downhill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from there. So uh yeah, that wasn't that wasn't ideal. Um hmm, forty K, forty K. Is that everything? It seems like a, it a, is a real yeah. whiz through quite quickly. I guess stuff's not coming out at the moment, is it? So No. No, this stuff isn't going to... Well, there isn't actually everything in a sense. There are some releases that we've already seen. Um, we've got the, the rest of the Sisters of Battle range. Yeah. Um, 
which now makes pretty much everything in the book has now got a model that you can buy off the shelf now. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a little period where there was that wasn't the case, but um, they they've all come out, and I still haven't got my Ragnar Black Mane, which makes me very sad. No, it's no one's no one's fault. Some some people got them. They got out to some people. I know. I'm like skimming through Instagram and I come across the Ragnar Blackmane and just sort of quickly carrying on because I don't want to see it. <laughs> it just makes me sad. It's very sad. Mm. Cool. So um, I suppose it's probably dangerous and unsafe to linger in the grim darkness when there's not too much to go Plenty through. Plenty to talk about. So, um, guys, thank you for joining us in this grim and dark place. Uh, and we are going to go to somewhere bright, shiny, and lovely in the mortal realms. Well, that's what was on the billboards. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the mortal realms. Um, we've got some elves to talk about today, and a few other things too. The Luminaire Realm Lords. Yeah, and what was quite an odd preview. It's our first online one, um, which was a bit new. And we've spoken a little bit about it already. But um, one of the first things to get um, released for us was um, the next wave of Luminaire Realm Lords. What is your thoughts on those? Because there's quite a few mixed opinions about them. The giant mountain spirit of Kaunas. I so I really like the character one, um, which I can't even remember what his name is, but I really the, like the it. guy floating on a rock. No, 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 no. The the you know the cow monster. Oh right, yeah, the cow. Yeah. So there's one that I think there's one that's like generic cow monster, and there's one that's character cow monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really like the character one. I think it looks really cool. Um, in the picture, really, really like that. I think, I think it's awesome. I think, <laughs> in a way, I mean, to be honest, you know what the community's like. I'm sure they'd have catched on and just mocked it straight away. But I do think it's funny that Games Workshop introduces a cow monster because, um, it, it's clearly supposed to be like the strength of the ox type thing. Um, yeah, but that's just yeah. totally lost now in this. Look at this army of cows. Um, <laughs> That's going on. Yeah, um, I think um, what I quite like about it is the is the bit that was suddenly sort of half hinted at that the Luminath Realm Lords, in an attempt to um, sort of get their their realm back on side, because they'd obviously upset it quite a lot. Um, which is the first indication of like realms having a kind of personality, of a life of their own, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and they've, he, he, they talk about one of the groups going into the mountains and other groups sort of approaching it from different, different ways, which for me gives the implication that we might see an earth, air, fire and water kind oh, yeah, of subset totally to the Luminous up. Realm Lords. Yeah. Um, which I think is going to be really cool. And I think that, that's probably the, my favorite bit about the preview is what's, what it kind of implies, but, I I like them a lot, apart from the helmet. The top of the helmet on the 
infantry. Um, but I can see that being easily remedied with a pair of clippers and a file. So, um, Avalonor, the Stoneheart King. That's what that one's called. Yeah. And they're living embodiments of the mountain. So they're kind of avatars. Yeah. So really, the Luminef Realm Lords have sort of become like a wonderful mixing pot between the last airbender, um, Eldar, and Vulcans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I um, I I tend to agree with you on the helmets. Um, I think the thing that I see there's a couple that are a couple of the sculpts. So I really like the banner bearer. I really like the leader with the little hammers. Um, there's a guy that's sort of swinging it low down from about sort of knee height. Really like that one. But the ones where it's up in the air. I mean, don't get me wrong, I can totally get the mystical shizzle that comes with it and why they can do it, but it just, they, to me personally, they just, in the picture, they just look a little bit unbalanced, like the hammerhead is just a little bit too big to be holding it how they're holding it. Um, I'd expect more of a wider sort of stance, but that's just a, just a personal visual thing. Um, and like I say, when you see it in flesh, it might be different. He talks about that in the preview, doesn't he? About yeah, he how does. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they move in a way you wouldn't expect them to. They imagine they, they would move in the way we wouldn't expect people to move with hammers. So yeah. either the metal of the hammer is very lightweight, which kind of doesn't make any sense for a hammer, or it's magical in some way, or they've got some sort of mystical earth-bending martial art that allows them to do it really easily. Yeah, well, you can kind of imagine, like, if it's made out of realm stone or like not realm stone, but like stone that is from Haish, I like the idea that that stone would sort of help make them. itself lighter and help them. Yeah. Whereas, and then like a dwarf would come along and try and pick it up and be like, what's going on here? <laughs> Elven trickery. <laughs> so we've gone from Vulcans, Airbender and Eldar. And High Elves, and now we've added in Thor and Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah excellent. Yeah. yeah. So it's a real mishmash. But uh, it is a really, it is a really interesting range. I, what? I mean, uh, it'd be good. It will be good. I mean, it will be a long time, unfortunately, because of everything that's going on. But I'd love to go and see. You know, like um, at Warhammer World, they put them in the cabinets, don't they? And I'd love they to do, go yeah. see them. I think the helmet totally fits on the. Um, the giant monster. Um, yeah. I, it's, the helmets are so lovely on the spearmen. I find it's it's almost strange they don't pull that through, that theme through. Well, I think what we're going to end up seeing is something where they've, they've put a visual cue into each element of the army. So these are the, the mountain warriors, the, the earth warriors. So all of their wizards, all of their infantry so far and the two big characters have got those big sweeping like almost yak like horns um and i think you'll you'll find a a visual cue that's unique to the other ones as well so when you're looking at a a battlefield you'll be able to pick out the elements from a distance without having to paint them differently yeah yeah that's my that's what i think they're there for They've done a hell of a job painting that Stoneheart King. Well, and the other one. 
but the armor with the like gold filigree on it. Yeah. What's going on there? Goodness sake. Well, it's this heavy metal team, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's all that needs to be said. That is all <laughs> that needs to be said. So, yes. Big awesome elf dudes. Nice. Not as elfy as we thought, which is quite cool. Um, I like it when one of the things I like about Age of Sigmar is when a new release comes out and we're expecting elves or goblins or dwarves. They give us elves or goblins or dwarves, but not how you expected them to be. No, there's always a, there's always a sort of catch and always a sort of a thing that means that they're exciting every time for everybody in one way or another. So. That's the elves. Yep. Giants. Yep. I'm going to pick you up and stuff you in my trousers. There's a comment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think think a giant army is going to be spectacular. I'm really interested to see how giant they go. Yeah, I, I am too, because... When they made the giant model, and we have definitely spoken about this before, they it was sold with the idea that it could be for multiple different armies, and it was one of the biggest kits they'd made. And it was all in plastic, and there was a ton of bits in there. It was a fantastic kit. Um, they made it but... in a dustbin. Do you remember hey? that? Do you remember it was made in a dustbin when they cast the three up? No. Yeah, yeah. I... I'd love to find the white dwarf it's in, if I've still got it. But yeah, if you look at the white dwarf, they cast the three up in a dustbin. It was so big. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's wicked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted a three up. If Game Workshop sold three ups, I'd buy one. Yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'd probably have no room in the house because I'd bought 20 of them. Just <laughs> <laughs> have a squad. To be honest, if they sold three ups, people would there would be people playing games with three ups. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I can think of two right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, I the giants are I think really exciting. You could play um, it across your back garden. You could, yeah. The scenery would be a challenge, but Well no, because you'd just be fighting over the garden, it would be brilliant. With your little train running around. Yeah. Oh, Anyway, I can't even remember what we were talking about now. We were talking about giants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I wonder if we're going to see... A co- well, there's two ways you could go about it, isn't there? So there's there's route one, which is all giants. And then there's route two, which is giants with kind of coattail hangers. So if, like the noblers are to the um, ogres sort of thing. So... I don't think that I, I'm kind of expecting in a similar vein to the knights. So, um, you'll have like mega giants, standard giants, and baby giants. And I'm kind of baby hoping giants. the current giant is the baby giant. Yeah. Um, I th- what's really interesting. So one of the things about Age of Sigmar is that it, it opened the gates for them to make some much bigger miniatures and really yeah. scale up. So, uh, Things like the Grey Unclean One and Alariel, um, Nagash. I know Nagash was in the previous version, but by the time they brought Nagash out, they'd have known what was coming. Um, 
some really massive miniatures. These guys are called giants or gargants. So if anything's going to epitomize the change in scale or size for Age of Sigmar, it should be these guys. And, and they do have a benchmark as well. They've got the Forge World one, mm. which, is, which is pretty massive, isn't it? That's, a good, that's almost a foot tall, isn't it? Yeah. And it's when a, you think, old... so let's have a think. So centerpiece, big model. So the Ironclad is £70. Bloodthirst are £95. So the current Giant's, what, 30 quid. So if they're going to do a centerpiece Giant that's £90, I want it at least three times the size. You know, <laughs> that's just basic maths, you know, isn't it? <laughs> that's what we need to see. Really what you're saying is you want one that's as big as the one in the video where it's using a tower as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> That is, that is exactly what I'm saying. We won't get into the physics of how the brickwork would just fall apart. <laughs> no, it's the magic. It's the mortal realms, dude. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a wicked video, though. Yeah. It's interesting that they they outlined a couple of the different kinds already. I can't remember the names of oh, them. Yeah. the Gate Smasher and the. So it's a few. We already know what a few of them are going to look like, or sound like, or be like. The Gate Smasher is going to be the one that's massive. It's all right. I'm just flicking through so that I can find the information that I've read. So, here we go. Oh, it doesn't say that. Sorry. In-depth and awesome. As ever. Um... <laughs> It does sound a little bit like it's being narrated by Sean Bean, the video. It does. Which isn't a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. No. I think Sean Bean should, should... Kraken Eater. Well, Kraken's War pretty big, Stomper. Gatebreaker. Gatebreaker. That's the big one. Mind you, Krakens aren't small, are they? Mm. The Kraken Eater's a bit like a merman. With the fish legs. Yeah, possibly. Right, that's um that is is world class podcasting there. <laughs> Just watching a video while we're podcasting, that is. Yeah. Next level. What I'm really excited about with these is gonna be a small model count. Mm-hmm. So it might be an expensive army, like a like a knight army, but it is going to be a small model count, so I'm look. You know, you're going to be looking at like maybe four or five tops models, which would be um, a blissful change from the other um, destruction armies. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would be a nice counterpoint, won't it? And or it at least the nice destruction to... armies that I've done. Yeah, it it would be nice to add another army into the destruction range it's the most it's the most lacking of the of the four kind of factions isn't it order have got tons now death have multiplied a lot recently i think they're quite fleshed out chaos has just got too many anyway um but destruction really it's been a bit bit small so it is nice to have an, another faction in there hmm 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you've got four factions in death, three factions for destruction, some for chaos. Um, and many, many lots for order. Seven for chaos. And uh, eight for, for order. So Nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Realm lots. Yeah, the realm lots are on the way. Yeah. So, do you think that the Gargants and or Elves are going to tempt you to do an army? <laughs> I want to say no. Um, have, looking at my current Spearman horde that needs to be sorted out, I do desperately want to say no. But um, I shall probably start with the Realm, Realm Lords box set. Yeah, and then do and do nothing else with that until I've kind of probably not even get it out of the box, but only because it'll be good value for money, mm. um, and that would be the only reason I'd do that. The giants, because it's a low model count, I probably would actually. Well, yeah, and they. Well, I suppose this is true of all the armies, but they they would fit alongside your destruction. Yeah. My, my idea of my uh, my destruction army is that it that it is a, a pan destruction army. Yeah. So um, that's why they're all painted to sort of fit with each other. Yeah. And um, eventually there'll be ogres in there too. Uh, um, I really must get around to picking up some of those man eaters before they disappear off the face of the earth. Like the the weird ones, like the one dressed as a ninja. <laughs> Are they not gone already, just... or do you mean from eBay? No, no, they're still on. They well, they were on the website last time I checked. Admittedly, that was a couple of months ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the giants. Realistically, that my last giant didn't take me very long at all because I did most of the skin with the airbrush and then just did the rest. Um, and they don't they don't have a great deal else other than skin. Really, mm. <laughs> just a pair of patchy pants. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I can see that because. At the moment, my my idea would be that if I was going to pick something up, it would be something very small that wouldn't take me very long to paint. Um, and I would only pick it up if I had every intention of painting it, mm. interrupting my painting schedule and painting it. Um, because at the moment, it's just a bit overwhelming. Okay, well, be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I think... Uh... I think I, I'm quite excited that they've done a Lumineth box because, to me at least, it indicates that that format worked for the Sisters of Battle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I have mixed feelings about it really because um, I'm not I'm I don't know, I don't know if this has ever come across on the podcast actually, but I'm quite obsessive about looking after books, um, and I, sometimes I will even go as far as buying two copies. So one to read and one to just sort of have, which can be really daft. For example, um, I have my Rogue Trader book, which just sits on the shelf downstairs with all the other really nice books and doesn't get touched on pain of death. Um, and then I have another one which I, you know, read and flick through. Um, and lament the fact that you didn't buy a third one. Yeah, the new version. I really wish I'd done that. Um because the binding was a lot better, and I did mean to do it, but I just never had enough money when I, when I got went to game uh, Um 
So, the idea of a special edition army book, and an army book being a thing that you refer to constantly, and you're constantly flicking in and out of, actually is just a bit weird mm. for me, because the only difference is the cover, and the finish, and a few other little embellishments, and those are just going to get damaged along the way. Mm. Um, I've never invested money in the only limited edition army book that I've got, and I've got limited edition rule books that I've bought, as well as the normal one, if they were really nice. Um, is the Sisters of Battle one. Um, yeah, because it, it came in the box. And if, <clears throat> if this is going to be the new format, where you end up with a limited edition one every time you buy one of these army boxes, I'm going to end up with a bunch of these limited edition ones. And in some yeah. ways, I'd rather they they did the army box with the normal one in and drop the price a little bit. Yeah. That would, that would it's be... interesting, because they used to do army boxes years ago. Yeah. When new stuff came out, didn't they? Where a box, I remember buying the Space Marine one once when the drop pod was new. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah, the plastic drop pod coming out. It was, it was groundbreaking because it was only the Forge World resin one then. Yeah. And yeah. everyone, everyone's been waiting eagerly for the plastic dreadnought drop pod ever since. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I guess they're not going to bother now with the Primaris one, but we shall see. Yeah. What else has there been for Mortal Realms then? Uh, well, there was a new Warband, which is really nice for Warcry. Oh, yes. That was fantastic. Yeah, really, really nice. The leader in particular, I think, absolutely excellent. Really cool. I love his pose. And it's I, to be honest... <laughs> I've been looking forward to these guys since um, they were first mentioned in the book. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I don't it think is you're really... alone with that. No, no. So it's really nice to see them. Um, and it will be interesting to see what they do next now that they've been and... Covered off all the ones they've talked about. They've covered off all the ones in that original book. Do you think um, we'll see more Chaos Bands? <clears throat> or do you reckon they'll go for other ones? I don't know. I suppose. kind of think that we'll just see more chaos bands. I don't know. I think maybe we'll see more interesting bits and bobs because they, you know, they did all the beasties, didn't they? I I can't see them doing many more chaos war bands, to be honest, because there's quite a few of them now. There is a lot of them. That's true. They're cool, though. Oh, they're brilliant and. If, I think if I was going to do a Chaos Army, I'd include them as units. Because <clears throat> I'd, I'd probably do like a Archean-led sort of mixed army. like Because my collection for Chaos has invariably ended up being like odds and sods that have been picked up from other boxes along the way. Um, so I would probably use them in that because I just think they look, they look great as alternative units. I am tempted by some iron golems for my corn. I think they would um, look fantastic. And you you yeah. didn't take long to paint them either, did you? Or would no, you paint no, them in your no. other style? Yeah, in the other style. But um and I do I really like um oh, I can't remember what they're called now. The ones that came out most recently ahead of the Signs of the Flame which are on the way now. 
but look very... They basically look like Marauders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great. So I think they have a real place. A real place. Um, They're really nice. Nothing for... Did I see anything for Underworlds? There wasn't anything for Underworlds yet, was there? No. There's two warbands that kind of almost snuck in recently. Like the Nurgle one and... um, Just sort of passed me by. I'm not really sure why. I think it's because it was when I was moving house. But <clears throat> I was having a look at those because they're in the in the White Dwarf. Um, or it might have been last White Dwarf. And I found found it when I was tidying my hobby space. And um, the the sort of sorceress hag is absolutely fantastic. I think she's, yeah. she's brilliant. Yeah, they are very good. They're, they're, they're really nice. Well, Ming and Sculpts. Yeah, they are, yeah. Uh, Always quite fancy doing a Nurgle army because you could, you could really relax and go with, I would go like with almost pale blue or that blue black necrotic skin and then loads of dirt and grime over the top of it. Mm. Um, really grim dark it. Uh, And you could do that, I think, reasonably quickly. Um, Ben picked up the uh, the ogre with the saber tooth. Horgoth's hunters, I think they're called. He did a fantastic job as well, Hoth- painting them. Hrothgorn's man trappers. He's that's great. Yeah, he's really nice. I think that's really nice. Um, it comes with a trap on a base. Yeah. Did you get the goblins? The, the I did. goblins on wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're specifically designed to be almost impossible to store without breaking. Ah. Excellent. The one with the spear <laughs> has the spear almost at 90 degrees to the wolf. I mean, how are you supposed to store that? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just holding it out Magnets. to the side. Well, it's the only way. Um, but they are, they are gorgeous models, those three. Um, mm. I really wish they'd done new wolf riders. I really hope that they do because, um, I, th- I think the old wolf riders are just, they just don't cut it at all anymore. I really don't. No. Um, and I could see with a bit of work, I could get the Fenrisian wolves to work, but I don't really fancy bastardizing Fenrisian wolves. Um, no. <laughs> uh, a nice box set of wolf riders would be probably in my top 10 box sets I'd like to see. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. That would be good to see. As long as the spears are all need... at 90 degrees to the wall, yeah. out to the side. <laughs> Well, we need some more chaos releases as well first before we get to that. Yeah, it's been too long. All of a week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely cool. Um, well, there is another preview this Saturday coming that people will be able to tune into. So that means that we will have a bunch of stuff to talk out about next time. Hurrah! If there is There's any no... Age of Sigma. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's true. There's bound to be something set in the war rounds. Has to be. Yeah. Be rude not to. Um, so with that in mind, shall we go Community. Community's Community. Next. Same yeah. same schedule. Fifty three episodes. I know, I was testing you. <laughs> Guys, see you in the community.
hail to our glorious community as ever you guys are um probably our main focus uh other than just having a chat and justifying it to the wives of doing the podcast <laughs> um <laughs> so guys um thank you very much if you've made it this far as ever uh we shall start with our shout outs and ben over to you my friend because yep. you've got a few to talk about tonight i have um, so the first one I want to talk about is a Facebook group actually called Foam Modeling Workshop. Um, I've been quite interested in using foam for scenery for sort of a little while. And um, a couple of pictures came up from this this forum as a sort of, oh, have you ever thought about this group? And the, well, it's just fantastic. Absolutely it's fantastic. It's amazing, isn't it? Really, um, really good. It's not only is it a wonderful showcase of what people have done um, across a range of different sort of wargaming periods, so historical stuff, fantasy stuff, sci-fi stuff, all of it, it there's loads of really good information on there that pe- people are really willing to share and talk about. Um, and as a result, it, it's just a fantastic place to sort of spend 20 minutes on Facebook, really. <laughs> just browsing yeah, through the yeah, pictures. Um it's completely opened my mind to to foam and, and using it for scenery. Um, I feel like I may get a bit carried away, though. <laughs> it's really cool because they put a beginner's guide to foam modelling tools and materials. It's brilliant, isn't it? Um, straight away, like within the rules yeah. of the thing. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, it's a proper actually, resource. Sometimes it's quite, it's yeah, a- it is, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you, Dan. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> that's my trick. <laughs> I just think, I just think, foam. Quite often, that the blue foam, as it used to be called, which isn't isn't blue anymore. Um, it's like this mystery resource. Yeah. So to have somewhere where it says, you know, this is how to search for it. This is what it looks like. This is who makes it, and they do that for. The UK, US, and mainland Europe. Yeah, that, I think that's really good. That's always a problem with um, hobby sites. I find is that they, they quite often talk about what they know, uh, and that's not not a criticism in a sense, but it, it's definitely a positive when there's a company or or a um, a forum which talks about it from the perspective of everyone in the world. So if I was, if you were in Australia, that's what this product is called. Because for some strange reason, um, we call things different things across the world rather than calling it all the same stuff. White spirits is a really good one. Um, yeah, I don't know what the Americans call white spirits. I've forgotten, but there was a guy going on and on about this product and how he uses it to thin his oil paints. And I was like, what on earth is that? And then about... An hour into his video, he goes, I think in the UK it's called White Spirits. It's, oh, White Spirits, you pick that up with the shelf in Morris. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been yeah. Google searching this other thing, trying to find it in the UK, and I just couldn't. Um, yeah. So a, a forum to sort of say, this is where you get it from, depending on where you're on the world, and this is what it's called, I think that's brilliant, because it, it's so helpful. What I particularly like, and I'd never thought of this, but it's my favourite tip, Um is the guy who writes the guide uses a rock to make rock impressions in the foam. <laughs> yeah. And I just think that's fantastic. It's just walking... He even says, I was just walking along one day, 
And I saw this rock, and that is my favourite rock. And I use it all the time, and it's my favourite tool. It's genius. It's genius, really. Um, it yeah, is. I, yeah, it I just is. think it's really good. And have you seen the 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 glue versus material guide? Yeah. That's just another genius thing, because obviously foam can have a moment sometimes. I think that's that's just fantastic. Big section on ceiling, a big section on useful links. I mean I remember when I was when I was a kid messing around with white polystyrene. Um mm. and there was nothing like that available and uh, there was no games workshop or local friendly wargaming shop. So I thought because polystyrene is plastic that plastic glue would stick it. Nah. Mm. <laughs> it did not. Mm. Um and then I also thought that you could spray it to undercoat it. Again, nah. <laughs> Lessons well learned. I did end up with quite a good set of lava rocks, though, out of that experiment. Ah, good. Oh, I remember once. I am such a tit. I don't know how I'm still alive, really, in some respects. I uh, had some blue foam, and I wanted to make, and I tried to make some like Nurgle towers, so I blowtorched it. Um,. <laughs> and my goodness, did that give off some fumes and catch fire. Yeah. And there was also the time that I decided to make a gaming table in my games room, in my room, uh, when I was about 14. And, uh, and I had the EPS, the extruded polystyrene, the white stuff, like you were just saying. Yeah. And I cut it, like, with a knife. And then in order to shape it, I used. <laughs> A belt sander <laughs> in my bedroom, mate. It was as bad as you can imagine. Yeah. Every surface was just covered in covered it. in this white stuff. Oh my god! Like when when I moved out of that house, I was putting things in boxes that still had that stuff on, <laughs> like I, like un- hidden underneath and stuff. Like it just got everywhere. So definitely. Um, as a, a really solid piece of terrain building advice, do not use a belt sander on oh white polystyrene. polystyrene. <laughs> Even outdoors, I wouldn't advise it because it sticks to you like some kind of crazy chisel. So yeah, not a good plan. No. So yeah, they're they're really good. That site, I really rate that site. Just oh. so get my list back up again. I've lost it now in all the excitement. The next one I wanted to talk about is um, a chap called Paint Squig. Um, And I think it was because of looking at his stuff that um, it recommended this foam modelling workshop. Um, Because he's building a a Mordheim-style board that is just absolutely fantastic. It helps as well. I think he's used a ballpoint pen to do the Mm Preston detail. So it gives it sort of relief to it. You, you you can see the detail more in the pictures than you can if it was just pressed in with a with a um oh yeah embossing can, tool. Um yeah. it's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Um well the other reason I really liked his stuff, well, well the other thing I really liked is his undead army is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's um really murky and grim dark with um glowing green spot. And it, it's just it, perfect. It's more, it's more grimdark 
It's more Warhammer than Warhammer. It is. It's just insane. It's it's perfect from that perspective, I think. Well, he's undead, aren't he? So well. Yeah. 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 And he's got some, like, little civilians. He's got one with a lamp. Oh. Yeah. It's brilliant. It really is. You know, how good... Can you imagine, okay, have that set up uh, on a table, maybe like a three-by-three board, um, in a room on a big like oak wooden table, low light fireplace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, it would just be so atmospheric, isn't it? That's yeah. what it captures. Is that atmosphere really? I quite like it. In case that hadn't come across, <laughs> I liked um, <laughs> the one that stood out for me. Is it, is it a leech lord? The one, the plastic one, um, with the big crown, and it's all walking up a stone. You get it in the box um, set, I think. In the getting started, oh, box set. yeah, 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 oh, yeah. And he's used the cotton wool fo- yeah, um, smoke effect wool, yeah. that I used. Um, yeah, that I haven't actually seen anywhere else apart from him. Um, so I made that up as I went along. Great minds think alike. Um, I can't wait to see that piece of pet train that he's building finished. Um, oh, no. with his it's undead huge. all over it. Yeah, it is as big, isn't it? It's a, it's a great, great piece. Oh, mate, have you, like, seen the little shrine he's done? Yeah. Oh, dear. That, oh, my goodness. That's just really good, isn't it? And that's all out of foam. So I think yeah. it, I think it must be because I was looking at this dude's, um, that it recommended the foam builders, foam modeling workshop. So, yeah. So that's him. And that, that is, um, paints, paint squig 1980, um, on Instagram. And then last, but by no means least, um, who's gone up further in my estimations because his most recent Instagram post is the fantastic sneak peeks of June 2020, which has been one of my major excitements of the day. Um, it's a, chi- a chap called Figuz, F-I-G-O-U-Z on um, Instagram. And he's been building his Necromunda scenery. And... Um, He's done a really good sort of step by step of how he's painted it. Um, he's also done some really cool pictures on how he's made them so that they can be sort of positioned in five different ways. One, two, three, four, five to make five different sort of environments. But he goes, he goes through how he paints them, um, using largely oils actually. Which is what really interested me, um, and filters, so really thinned um, paints, oil paints, um, and acrylic paints to create the effects of rust and patina. And so, I would very much pay to go on a course. Yes. Like, how good would it be? If someone did, like, when I did the MKA course and it was like you bought a rhino, yeah. a Demios rhino, well, imagine, like, bring with you a one foot square of the Zone Mortalis and, and this like, to build X it. amount of buildings, yeah. and, and we'll show you how to make it look bloody awesome. And I would do that in an instant. Yeah. I mean, that, that one of his videos on how he's using the oil. To um to wash into the cracks, um it's like a sepia. What did what did he say? He says it says what he uses. Uh, da-da. 
winds and Newton burnt umber thinned down with turpentine. And you know, if you want to learn, if you want to see how an oil wash works, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it is, it does look really. What's interesting is the way it seeps. Mm, yeah. You know, the I, capillary I, action on oils is is a real eye opener. It also kind of seeps into the centre of those tiles, like you know, the, the, the board is made up of little tiles with mm. the metal around the edge. And he goes back later, obviously, and, and cleans out a bit more on the middle. But yeah, fantastic. I'm just sitting and watching him now. Um, so I think that's a, <laughs> that's a really good Instagram account um, to pick up some excellent tips on on how to do do that scenery. And to be honest, I'm going to shamelessly steal pretty much his entire colour scheme, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, well, why that not? That pale blue might look good on my character on, actually. It would. It would be an interesting way of doing it as well, because uh, he, he's using oil filters, so which is very... Dil- what's he using? So these colour filters are a very diluted mixture of paint, um, which he talks about what the paints are. PA963 medium, so I think that's an acrylic, actually. And then matte medium and water, so he's using an acrylic filter, which is basically a glaze, isn't it? Very good. So, I, yeah. And well, that's my shout-outs for today, Dan. Hey, so um, I, I get the uh, the honour of going through the Two-Piece Hobby Forum. Um, still lots of great activity on there, which is fantastic. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that, guys. So, um, first thing, I want to shout-out. Uh, it's always a pleasure to shout-out Mr., uh, Mr. Paul Allen as a, as a friend of mine. Um Paul has his own site, Too Much Devlan, uh, which you can look up and find him on Facebook. Certainly on Facebook, I think he might have migrated into some other media areas. He's on Instagram, for sure. Uh, yeah, Instagram and YouTube. Um, so he has done some cracking Nighthorn, I and they're him. really different as well. But they're so spooky. Um, and what's cool as well is... Um, He's posted those, and then he's posted some Stormcast he's done as well. Two totally different painting styles. Um, and he's he's pulled them both off really nicely. He's doing um, the uh, Mortal Realms. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is what he's doing, why he's doing the Stormcast and the Nighthawk. But I think the Nighthawk are absolutely superb. Yeah, they really are, aren't they? Really are. Really different as well. They're all done so, in um, sort of smoky versions almost. Of quite bright colours, and each unit has got its own sort of colour theory to it, and yet somehow they all come together on the table. I, I tell you what, the bases, the bases help so much to keep it spooky. Yeah, it's clever. It's very good. I like it, and I bet it's it doesn't cool. take him all that long to do if he's doing it no. with an airbrush. No, indeed. But fantastic, absolutely brilliant. There's some um, real understanding of colour in those. Nah, no way, not Paul. That's just, he's just got lucky. Well, it might, but some people do. (laughs) Some people just don't think about it and do, and it works. A couple of Heinekens and uh, an airbrush, that is. (laughs) Telling you. (laughs) Um, So, I, I I have to shout out. Uh, 
Garrett um, from uh, from G Dub Cribs. He has done a non-metallic metal Celestine diorama, including the non-metallic metal on the actual diorama as well, which is a bit yeah. ironic. So the huge piece of scenery. What a nutter! So that to me, and this is a personal thing, obviously, it's just totally the opposite of of the way I would. I approach the hobby doing a, a diorama that can't be used in the game and then doing it in the most labor intensive possible way. <laughs> I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> but it is beautiful and it is really ace. He's been doing it for a while, hasn't he? I mean, well, I'm not bloody surprised. <laughs> it's just going to take him ages, but it is lovely. Um, and I hope it's got pride of place at home in his house, like, properly on the mantelpiece. I like the fact that her two, um, I forget what they're called, well, her two bodyguards, he's done them in a kind of ethereal look, so they're not really alive. One of them he has, doesn't he? There's sort of one coming back or something, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is really nice. It is really nice. Um... <laughs> Obviously, quick shout out to James Cheeseright for getting a picture of a seal onto the uh, onto the group. I think that's excellent. Um, good work, um, Simon. Uh, Simon Andrews is um, doing. He's doing the old wizards, dude. Yeah, yeah. They're brilliant, aren't they? Do you know what? I tell you what. When you put, yeah, when you put like a modern painting approach. On some of these older models, they they just brilliant. They look great, yeah, don't they? They do. Yeah, they just look great. Like the classic wizard that looks a bit like Gandalf with a pointy with grey a, hat. A, yeah, with a pointy grey hat and a sort. Oh, they just look flipping ace, don't they? And they, you know, you you can see in them the colleges of magic. They're ace, Simon. Well done, mate. They, I love that. I think that's really nice. Um, oh, look at that. That one in the middle there, that jade one. He wouldn't be a bad colour scheme for me, Caradron, either. <laughs> not that I'm, not that I'm very, very indecisive on the colour scheme. So used to painting red and gold, that now it comes to doing a colour scheme. I'm, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, to be honest. So, yeah, so they're really nice. I mean, there's loads of nice stuff on here. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, um, when Queen do, and I'm sorry if I've mucked up the pronunciation, I can't really handle uh, just talking normally, so it's not a surprise, <laughs> is it? Those <laughs> Men of the Dead are, in my opinion, the way Men of the Dead should be painted. Yeah. From they, they, they are fantastic, absolutely fantastic. There's one there that's holding, he's holding his sword sort of close into his body, but upright. The other fist is the other hand is empty, and he's sort of looking to the side. No helmet or anything on. That oh, that is so good, so so good. Very very impressed by that. Nice and gritty as well. Again, they're atmospheric, like Paul managed with his yeah his um night haunt. You know, you feel and and of course um what was that? Was it Squig? 
squig paint paint squig yeah, paint squig paint squig had with his you know they they draw you in um to the atmosphere of the miniature i i think it's brilliant yeah it's so good isn't it i love it yeah um, I, I love it. I, it I love the fact that the the armor a lot of people paint it well they're all kind of ethereal uh, but the way he's done it, the armor is more, m- more solid, but the fleshy bits are, are more ethereal. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it, really good. It really is. It, it, oh, yeah, really good. So, comrades in arms is our painting competition um, title for this month uh, and for last month as well. So we've, we've done a bit of a longer one. So you've got to the end of April for that. Already seeing some fantastic. Um, entries the challenge is definitely on for marcus to finish those that unit of ogres um (laughs) push on with that Uh, that would be great to see so thank you for everyone that's posted stuff so far if you have no idea what i'm talking about um do drop onto the the hobby forum and uh and take a look so just looking for anything any uh it is pinned yeah it's um it's a unit basically um of two or more from any game system. So really good to see some of those entries. Um, ben did ask me to come up with the um, theme for the next painting competition, but uh, I completely forgot to do that, um, <laughs> which is uh, it's not unusual, really, no, for me, is it? No. Not. So uh, I will come up with one, and I will let you guys know. Sometime I'll before be... the end of 2020 would be nice. Dan. It, yeah, yeah. If you if you're lucky, <laughs> I see. I still think I mentioned to you a while ago about doing like um um I, I can't I can't remember what the title, but like models of yesteryear or or you know basically something which is no longer available, um like a classic yeah. miniature, a bit like Old Hammer. I suppose. Um, My only worry with that is it would limit certain people new to the hobby. They'd have to pick up something from eBay. That's true. Maybe it should be like, I don't know, um, paint a model from your first year in the hobby. Yeah, that's that's, that's a better way of doing it. Because then old farts like us would have to really (laughs) hunt around (laughs) <laughs> yeah, goodness me. 1998, I would be looking for. Um, so what I need to do, though, is come up with a jazzy name for that, as opposed to just paint a model from your first year in a hobby. Inception. Good film. Good word. Mm. There you go. Done. Okay, there we go. Inception. <laughs> yep. A model from your first year in the hobby. Right, time to shout out some other stuff. Our friends at Curtain Games. um, Love these guys. I managed to get some paints I wanted off them. Same here. And I got some time-worn ruins off them as well. Uh, So those guys are still posting stuff out. um, And obviously keeping to the the, uh, social distancing guidance in their workplace. Um, but they've got some really interesting bits and bobs, so you can still pick up stuff from Curtain Games. Um, who else is still going at the moment, dude, that 
I think they're so I'm big. Big have got an eBay site if you, if you're looking for stuff. Uh, I can, don't think Simon can get anything right now. There's loads um, of companies still. But there selling, are lots yeah. still selling. Yeah, yeah. The lot yeah. the smaller ones are able to do it because they're they're often operating out their garages, um, which allows them to sort of carry on really. Um, mm. There is a couple of community-based things I'd like to sort of shout out. The first one is that we can't go through the community section without mentioning that Henry Cavill has become apparently the new demigod of Warhammer, having painted a model <laughs> and posted it on Instagram. Um, and well, now, he's painted the head of a model. I know, yeah. Um, but that's all we needed to do to fill my Twitter, Facebook and Instagram feed with pictures of Henry Cavill. Um, yeah. So that's fine. Um, the second one is, do you remember I said that Fenris Games was closing? Uh, yes. Well, they're not. They've um, oh. they've reduced the size of their premises um, because they had so many orders come out of um, the you know the fact that they were closing. They've actually managed to carry on and fund that sort of downsizing. Um, so he's still going, um, which is excellent news because he has a huge range of stuff that quite often. The sort of bits that you think, oh, that's a really good idea, but would never have gone looking for it. So it's yeah. worth heading over to Fenris, <coughs> Fenris Games and having a look. Um, and it's always worth shouting out at the moment that we are running this virtual wargaming convention on primarily on Twitter, um, where we're giving a shout out to um, as many companies as we can, basically using the Adepticon exhibitors list and the Salute exhibitors list. Um, to give um, the guys who would have been there a little bit of um, airtime, really, um, so people will head over to their websites and have a look. Um, so please mm. do follow that if you can on Twitter. Uh, it's hashtag Virtual Walkon, um, and if do nothing else, just follow them. Just click the follow button, find them on Facebook, follow them there. Um, certainly, so products are coming across your feed, and you can see if there's anything that catches your eye. Um, because you know, like we've said before, these companies are going to struggle if if we don't look after them during all this nonsense. Nonsense it is. See what you've done there is uh, when I'm supposed to be paying attention. Is you've told me about something cool, so I've looked up Fenris Games and I'm just looking at their website now. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back into the zone. Pay attention to you. Who are you? I'm Ben. Nice oh, to meet hello. you. Nice to see you. Nice. This time you can't um, slap me. No, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, as ever, lots of exciting stuff going on in the community. Yeah. Um, you know, really seeing some great painting stuff come out um, with people. Not all people, but some people having more time than maybe they did. Um, it's nice to see the community banding together as well. It's a difficult yeah. time, and there's lots of people sort of online giving places for people to go to, supporting each other. That's what it's all about, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I think we're going. Let's into go the, into the wild Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Wilds. Lord of the Wilds. That's quite good. Lord of the Wilds? Lord of the Wilds. All the Wilds of Middle-earth. I think it's also up there. Okay. Lord of the Wilds. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome to the Wilds of Middle-earth. What did we decide on in the end? Uh, Lord of the Wilds, you wanted. Lord of the Wilds, yeah, Lord of the Wilds. It's good, that. It, it is good, it is good. That. I'm going to give you that. You've had, the, you, you've had one good idea related to the podcast. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, which bit do we want to start with? Middle-earth or the Wilds? I think Middle-earth. Middle-earth. Well... It's fair, fair to say that, once again, the Middle-Earth team have come out of nowhere and just blown me away with another fantastic idea yeah. that seems so s- simple in its inception. They have um, announced the next book, which is going to be called The Journey of the Ringbearer, and it is going to be all of the situation scenarios mishaps that the Ringbearer has to go through on the way back to Mount Doom. Um, I think that's a wonderful way of bringing together all those scenarios from the film stand. It certainly is. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, without sort of corrupting the other books, it gives them the freedom to say Rohan at War isn't just about Helm's Deep or Pelennor Fields. Um, and the same with Gondor at War. Um, it's 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 about them as a people going to war through the whole period of their existence, and the journey of the Ringbearer allows you to play the scenarios that you know. So I think it's a fantastic idea, really do. I tell you what though, if you bought all the models for all those scenarios, you'd need a second mortgage. Oh yeah, you'd need a lot of models, but but I what and the thing I do like about Lord of the Rings, it gives you. You can have quite a definitive collection as yeah. opposed to an open-ended collection. I think I spoke about this a bit about Blood Bowl at some point in the past. But, yeah, I, I really like that. It looks like it's going to be hardback as well, which is nice. Um, oh, they're all hardback apart from the um, um, the last one. What? Match yeah, the, play the, one. Oh, match play book. Yeah. yeah. They look really nice on the shelf. They're one of the few series of books where they've managed to line up all of the symbols and all of the writing as well. Just a thank you very much for the Middle Earth team. For that. Yes, they have, actually. Because You're quite right. They, that is it the only... absolutely drives yeah. me mad. The Titanicus books have got three different... One's got no symbol. One's got the community symbol, the hammer and eagle thing. And one says Games Workshop. And none of them are at the same level. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It really is. It's terrible. Psychic it, Awakening honestly, is actually not bad. No, that's Psychic Awakening is good. good. Yeah. That's pleasing. Necromunda, what the hell? <laughs> I know, Necromunda is terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And, not, anyway. Any of them at the same time. At that moment now. <laughs> <laughs> and they've, um, they've shown us a few models to go with it. So They've not just shown... Um, it, it, those models are insane. Like, one of them... The one on the right, when you look at the preview, uh, holding his bow like with the end on the floor, he just looks like he's stepped out of the film. Yeah. Like, I can even picture yeah. that that guy in the film. I'm like, and it's not like he's not so a that, key, he's not a main character. It's not like, oh yeah, that's definitely no. Faramir. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but they have names in the books. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I know that. And when you, if you were to look at the casting role, it wouldn't be 
random gondor ranger no, number one it would <laughs> they'd have a name um which is one of the things i loved about the film that even if they were just a background character they were they were told you are this this you are this character um and this you know you read this part i think it made the film a little bit richer for mm-hmm. it and i think that has come across so well in the wargaming side of it where these characters have now got rules and for for those of you because we haven't those of you who haven't seen the preview the the characters are the Skilleth Rangers that are with Faramir when they meet the Ringbearer so there's two of them they're very very nice indeed the sculptors have done made a particular effort according to the preview to match their faces to the people who played them in the film so um, and I think they've done a great job I'm hoping we see some Other models like Shelob would be nice in plastic, really, really nice in plastic. Um, Aema, oh, yeah, Aema, <laughs> oh. yeah, Aema, absolutely brilliant. And the problem is with Aema is that you you can't just have one Aema, no, because there's so many options and they all look fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you, you could have have him holding a helmet with a helmet on as well. <laughs> so just he's just brought a spare helmet to battle. Yeah. But you know, there's the one with a sword, and he's got a spear. And my favourite is sword and shield, shield on foot with a helmet on. Yeah. Well, my new actually well, like sword s- and shield on horse is also well. They're all epic, actually. I think I would go with spear because. If you've got the spear, your sword will be in its scabbard. Yeah. Uh, and realistically, everyone everyone would have gone to battle with a polearm of some description and then gone down to the sidearm. Yeah, but then you could say he's partway through the battle and he's throwing his spear. Yeah, no, I mean, f- from a modelling perspective, I-, I-, I love the way the guy with the spear looks. I love spears. Yeah. One of my favourite images from um, Game of Thrones was... Did you watch all the Game of Thrones? Yeah. Um, Where the Night's Watch were beyond the wall and they had the sentries standing on the hilltops with their, like, eight-foot spears, nine-foot spears, with their black coats billowing in the wind on sentry. I just... If I could have have frozen the the camera and taken that, I'd have probably had that image... Like put on my mm. wall because it's just wonderful. The you know the guy on sentry with his sort of shield and spear, but game wise, you know those all those different options matter. You know you can choose to have him with a spear, you can choose to have him with a sword. Um, so like I said, and if the kit comes where you can take those bits off and replace them, then brilliant. But otherwise, you could end up buying three just to make sure you've got all the options. Yeah. I do want to build one with a helmet in his hand and one in his head now, just for the funsies of it. <laughs> so you need loads of them then, basically. Well, after having seen that picture of that dude, Rahiramami, who I really desperately tried to find his name it was, but couldn't. And it's just, it is probably as many riders of Rohan as there is in the film, all just on this massive long bar. <laughs> and by bar, I mean where you get your beer. Yeah. It's just massive, and they're they're all really nicely painted. That um, 
It's planted the seed. But that's not for this year, though. No. <laughs> you just go and watch the scene again. And then say it's not for this year. No, I can't. I get emotional at that yeah. scene. Every time. So, um, great stuff from Middle Earth. So, moving on. Uh, I wanted to talk about a company that I I knew of and have come across again because of the virtual walk on that um that you've been doing really cool on Twitter and that is um Bad Squidoo Games. Um yeah. I really like their site. Um it's really cool. My they're known I think mostly for dice bags cuz well, I'm sure the dice bag lady was all part of it. I'm just looking though, but I can't see it now. They're the most famous for, for female miniatures. Female Scots. Female yeah. miniatures. Um and um but the bit I really like is the Scenics. So if you yeah. guys go and have a look, go on their website under the shop and have a look at the Scenics. Um there's such characterful pieces in there. There's like a twenty eight mil scale medieval brewery and a blacksmith's forge but it's not just a building it's not actually a building at all it's all the stuff that would go inside of it which yeah. again sets the scene um little signposts yeah. wooden road signs on there um monster nests on there as well sacrificial stones just cargo supplies although unsurprisingly they are out of stock um because they're absolutely brilliant. Um, runic tables and altars. You know, stuff that you could, you really could capture the character of the setting you're trying to create by just adding some of this in. There's like Cursed Treasure. I remember every, every time I come across these guys at a show, I, I end up picking up this same blister of treasure and going, no, you don't need that. There's some spider's eggs. They'd be quite fun. I could paint them up and just leave them around your house. And you'd be like, ah, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't had any spiders here yet. Have you not? Joe did, though. Joe put on her um, Wellington boot outside the back door. Felt something tickle her feet after a minute. And there was a spider in the bottom of the boot. (laughs) No way. Oh, no. I can't be dealing with that. Have you seen the mushrooms? Yes, I have. Brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, there's some great mushrooms on uh, Fenris Games as well. Food supplies. Yeah, it, it just really, really good. Well worth checking out. Um, so, I, yeah, I just wanted to talk about them. And I felt that uh, Into the Wilds was a reasonable place to do it. Yeah, it's a perfect place to do it. Um, They're a fantastic company. And I think one of the, the key things that... One of the things that I really like about them is they, they talk about being pioneers of believable female sculpts. Um, and I and I completely agree, yeah. because when you look at the female sculpts that they've done, it's not just some for some reason wearing very little at all. It, it's an actual believable sculpt of you know of a woman doing something, which I really like. Yeah, I I tell you what I like. The, you can buy models of guinea pigs. I did wonder how we managed to get through the whole 10 minutes without the guinea pigs, because you have been ranting and raving about the guinea pigs for some time now. They're, they're fantastic. <laughs> they are and fantastic. I, I hadn't even seen this. I've just found... 
what is this called? I just found rabbits driving tanks. <laughs> rabbits driving tanks. Yeah, serious. <laughs> not not even joking. That's there's a mouse here with a crane. Oh my goodness. Amazing. This is loopy now. I hadn't seen well, how had I not seen it? Oh, I must have just gone on to Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Guinea pigs You're right. with guns. <laughs> That what is that one's got a jet engine on it? Wow, it's nothing quite like when people just go sod it and just sculpt whatever they think's cool. <laughs> it's there. That's just fantastic. No. What's that one doing? Not enough of it in the world either. It's got a gas mask on. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, so some very characterful random stuff as well on their site. Oh my goodness, there's a capybara with a cannon on it. Cappy cannon. That's brilliant. Right. <laughs> anyway. I, I've got one I've got one more to talk about before we move move away and go to, go to Yeah, bed. okay. Um I don't know how to pronounce the name, but Fogau Fogau or Fogu models. Um F O G O U. And they're they're actually local to us and I've come across them recently. Um they do um Scenery predominantly, but they also do scatter as well. Yeah. They're based over in Cornwall, which is really cool. Um, and I'm really oh, impressed yeah, yeah. with, yeah, with the, their range of models, really. The first ones to talk about is the historical, the historical stuff. So they've got not a massive range, but a small range of very well done stuff that you're not likely to see anywhere else. Um, so there's the Oratory Church. Um, the Skellig Michael Beehive Hut, um, a barrow, um, and a, a second smaller beehive hut, or two other small beehive huts. These are stone buildings that I think are unique to um, sort of Scotland and maybe Scandinavia. I'm not really sure, but certainly like the more windswept areas of the of the. Um, Northern Hemisphere, where you can't, uh, where there was very poor availability of wood, you you just won't find those models anywhere else, and they're brilliantly done, absolutely brilliant. And I have never seen a barrow as good as that one. Um, well, it's just the barrow entrance, and you have to do the rest a little bit like the Hobbit holes. Yeah. Um, I also like um, there's a, there's a timber hut, um, which I think is called a Gruber hut, which was been some speculation of whether or not there was a suspended floor on this or this type of hat or whether or not it was just like a dugout pit with a with an A-frame put on top but I don't know what he's using, you told me when you were looking at these the other day, for his roofing but it looks fantastically realistic that uh, the fake fur is provided to create the roof it's really really good so historical stuff, there's some some really unique things in there that I, I very much doubt you'd find a lot of those anywhere else. You'd have to build them yourself. Then you've got like a post-apocalyptic set, um, which looks like it's straight out of Mad Max. Um, like corrugated iron sheet fort, um, wasteland scattered terrain. And probably, it's, this may sound daft, but for some reason one of my favourite things on here are these little post-apocalyptic shacks 
I think they're fantastic. Yeah, I I agree, mate. To be honest, I think they are very good. Really believable. And I tell you what, there is there's a lot to be said for painting up these your product nicely and taking a good photograph of it. There really is, you know, and there's a lot of companies who could, who would do well to get some of their models painted really nicely and, or, or just photographing it really nicely. Um, because they just come across a lot better. Yeah. So I really, really recommend checking this guy out. Fogu models. Um, and I've touched base with him on, on, um, PM and, um, He's a really nice, really nice dude as well. So, um, well worth a look. And I think that draws us to the end of episode 53, Dan. Yes, it does. So, um, as ever, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, uh, at the Two Bees Podcast. Um, thank you very, very much again to our patrons. Um, and if you wish to support yeah. us that way, we are on Patreon as well. Um, and thank you for making it to the end of the episode. If you've uh, if you've managed it, it's very good. It means a lot to Ben and I that we still see people uh, downloading and 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 then hopefully listening to the episodes. Um, yeah, we don't get to know if you've listened. It doesn't tell us no. that. We just know that you've downloaded. Yeah, so if it. you're just feeling sorry for us and, and popping in the download, thanks for the effort. It's good. Well, I don't know why I've said that because you <laughs> you clearly wouldn't have heard it anyway. Um, but uh, yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Dan, what, for staying awake. I don't think you've ever, I don't think you've ever thanked me at the end of a podcast. Well, well I thought fifty-three episodes in, it's about time to recognise you've done something um, along the way. <laughs> uh, guys, enjoy your hobby, and we will be back in four weeks' time with episode for the next episode, 54. maybe somewhere in the middle for virtual walk-on. UK? Well, yeah. That that would imply some organisation, wouldn't it? Yes. We'll be back when we yes, back. <laughs> but, but definitely in a yes. month. Okay. Cheers, guys. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>